0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sam Dean podcast where we talk about life uncensored. This episode of our show is brought to you by Van Zant Coffee, the best tasting coffee you can get. Order it online at vanzantcoffee.com. Also brought to you by Atticus and Company, Athens, Texas. Clothing store, knife shop, candle store, hat store, wallets. Free free lattes on Saturday. On the show today is Boog Farrell once again. Your third episode, I believe. Damn. I don't know if anyone else has that. Maybe Patrick or Dan. I can't remember. Um, we're going to talk about running and a lot of other stuff. So thanks for listening. And if you want to sponsor the show, reach out to me, vzfitatme.com, or call me. Just look me up on Google. I think my cell phone's everywhere. So thanks for listening to our show. Thanks for the support. And here we go with Boog Farrell. All right, Bug. What's up, man? Sweet. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I've already worked out. Worked out uh, with... Uh, I warmed up with the 515 and I worked out with 6. Um, actually, I worked out in between. I really worked out... And after the five fifteen, but as the
1: six was warming up, I got intimidating those 6 a.m. or yeah. so they know what's just wanted up to show them who's yeah. still
0: boss. You sure know, I've been check. out of town, I've been out of town, but I um, just want
1: to show them who's still boss around yeah. here. I warmed up with the five fifteen and the six and then ate breakfast and kept warming up with the nine. And I'll yeah. keep that warm up going all day. I think you got to keep it warm. Once yeah. you get
0: cold, man, it's over. Yeah. Um, i had to take a shower too i've been si stink lately like <laughs> just bad in my some s- i don't know if some type of soap ashley has in a shower or something uh it's not my fault but i stink um sweating out all them sins <laughs> yeah well many many <laughs> to be had there um well we want to do this special show today to talk about uh long distance running which we've talked spoken about before we have a race coming up in January called the Bandera Tejas Trails Bandera Trail Run.
1: Yeah, Hoke. I think it's Hoka One One. Yep. Bandera Trail Runs oh. by Tejas Trails. There we go. Sponsored by. It.
0: <laughs> and uh, we have a lot of people going down, running it for the first time. Yeah. I'm a, obviously a veteran of the race. You're. You have how many belt
1: buckles? I have nine belt buckles this would be my 10th if i finish this year it'll be my 15th year running bandera
0: i'm gonna i'm going for my first belt buckle mm. uh i've done the 25k twice there's a 50k race and then there's a 100k race which we're both doing this year and um it's in january and we have a lot of people that are doing the 25k, some people doing the 50, and some people doing the 100k that go to CrossFit Vansan. They got some people that don't do CrossFit. So let's talk about I'm going to kind of turn it over to you and talk about what's realistic with training and how to do it safely and and what's okay and what's
1: not okay and and all those things. So let me turn it over to you. Yeah cool well yeah there's like i think every year we try to get people to go this year there's more going than we've ever had i think over 40 friends and family going this year and you know a bunch of those are crossfitters it's it's about a third in each distance so we have about you know a dozen in the 25k a dozen in the 50 and a dozen in the 100 um and so Lots of questions over what, you know, what should I be doing? What's too much to be doing? And uh, and so we've been fielding all of those. And I think just the podcast is a great opportunity to kind of field a bunch of questions at once. And so, uh, you know, just getting right in, I think one of the, the main things is defining what are we trying to do. And uh, the way it was put to me a few years ago was – on race day we just wanna we wanna the key word is HURU H-U-R-U and that stands for healthy uninjured rested and unafraid so really how we need to train is just whatever we gotta do so we get there on race day healthy no major injuries not a bunch of overuse issues um... rested and just unafraid just ready to do it and that, that's kind of a balance, like to be unafraid, I need to run the miles, I need to put in the time, I need to be really fit and prepared, but to be uh rested and healthy, I need to make sure I don't overdo it, you know and so i uh i we we put out the bandera bound training challenge um on run sign up, which that's open to anybody anybody could sign up for that they don't have to be friends or family. And with that, we put out some mileage charts to kind of show, you know, here's what I need to run or could run to get ready for the 100K, 50K, 25K. And we put one on there for 120 days of running. And so with each one, I sent out, you know, some sample mileages where you can start not from zero, but from pretty minimal and work your way up over the 25 weeks to be ready for Bandera and hopefully show up in Bandera ready to run. Um, and so that's going to be different for a 25K, 50K, and 100K. And But even with that and with different distances for different days and different volumes for each week and progression and all that, even with that, there's different ways each athlete could apply it. Like you and I are totally, you know, we're different athletes. We're both, I would like to say, fit. But we're fit in different ways and have yeah. different strengths and weaknesses and different goals. And so, um, this morning, I think you said you got 265, 275 on a clean and jerk. That's nowhere near. That's not on my radar. That's not a goal. That's not even a hard to reach goal for me. Um, and and yet, I'm going to do clean and jerk and I'm going to train in a very similar way. But we might use different weights and in the same way. Somebody training for a 25k or two people training for the 25k but with different goals and backgrounds, are gonna be more comfortable training with a different volume or a different intensity. Mm-hmm. And so we put out the guide with the challenges an opportunity for people to see, have a rough idea, an outline, of here's how I get from point A to point B. Yeah. But how they go about that is, could be different. And that's why really, what I've said, and it says this on the guide, and, and the way I approach personally the training for Bandera is you gotta apply it artistically. Mm -hmm. um which i looked it up in the dictionary because i wanted to make sure i was that made sense and really artistically means to use your imagination to uh, arrange and execute something so how i arrange and execute this plan to get from here to bandera is going to be different than the next and the next person and that's fine like as long as i show up ready to run yeah that's totally fine
0: my goal uh and I'm not a. I'm not a. I wouldn't classify myself as a runner. I think I'm a. What it would be called a. Uh, I'm just a challenge taker or challenge acceptor or whatever. I f- I see this run as a challenge. My goal is to finish under the time cap um, and not hurt myself. Hmm. So if I can finish and earn my belt buckle under the time cap. That's my goal. I'm not trying to beat anyone else. I'm not trying to have my overall best. I'm not even trying to beat my old self, uh, which I don't even have any metric to go on. Uh, I do have the 42 miles, I think, or 43 is my personal best as far as distance goes. So I'm going to beat that because it's 60-something miles mm-hmm. is the 100K. But I want to be fit enough to where I can finish the race under time cap and be happy and be in good spirits and be enjoyable for me because I know it's going to take a long time.
1: Right. Well, I mean, and to speak for you, I mean, I know anybody listening to this podcast knows this, but I mean, you're super fit. Um, I think in my thinking of the super fit people I know that are preparing for this race right now, um, to me, and this may be beneficial for people listening, there's a spectrum and on the left side, I think of a Jason Hoffman, who's super fit, super dedicated, mm-hmm. but is also a methodical preparer. So Jason, if he's out there and he has this plan, he's one of these guys that's going to follow that plan to a mm-hmm. T. Um, now, Jason's also a very experienced ultra runner. He's going to pay attention to his body. He's going to be really on top of injuries and things like that. But for the most part, he's going to try to follow that plan, and he wants to be – absolutely prepared and jason's going to probably feel most comfortable when he has most information and most adherence to that plan Yeah, he's very data driven yeah he's data driven he's got the whoop he knows his he knew his heart rate last (laughs) night when he woke up in the middle of the night and knew whether he had clearance to go back to sleep or not i mean he's on top of that stuff then sam you like when i think of sam you're like The other end of the spectrum, you're super fit still, super on, like, body smart. Know your body. You know your injuries better than anybody. You may ignore them sometime because you're also the most mentally tough person I've ever uh, trained or ran with. So, Sam, I like, you like to show up and be like. This is a great episode. This is (laughs) is the way I think of Sam. Like, you have Jason. Then with Sam, what you want is for us to kidnap you from the gym when you thought you were going to be selling coffee, blindfold you, put you in a sack spin you around a hundred times, drive you to Bandera, and then dump you out and say, All right, good luck, survive, you know. That that would be cool. And just see if you're up to the clock on the way you're living your life with no preparation at all. Can I do this? (laughs) Yes. And I both of those are awesome. Yeah. Um I think the peace of mind and the predictability of following the plan and preparing is awesome. I think the the wildness of the experience of just showing up and let's see what happens. And the the confidence that it builds in you of every time you face that test passing it is awesome. I feel like I fall somewhere in the middle of those. I like to prepare. Um but I also I want to be able to walk out the door right now and if Sam said, All right, let's run to Canton, if you said that I want to be able to go. Yeah. I wanna feel like I can do that. And so that's where I think the artistic application of these plans it gives us room to prepare in our own way. If you want to be uber methodical, it's there, use it. if you you know if and and to use Jason as an example, because of what goes on with his career this time of the year, he's backing off of cross training or crossfit mm-hmm. and really more focused on running, whereas you're going to be crossfitting six days a week, yes. and so your running schedule and the time you have available is going to look different than Jason and different than me.
0: yeah I have one kid. Right, George, who's seven, who's, you know, we we're busy. Um, who's the, going back real quick? Yeah. Who's the guy that that shows up all the time that with in the jean shorts and dr- has drink some whiskey and then just goes out and runs it?
1: Oh, <laughs> well, th- I think you're putting together a few different people. So okay. there's, <laughs> there's, there's one person, Gordy Ainsley. You know, he was the first guy to run Western States, and he's old, and he does. I've seen him in jean shorts, and he does just. I mean, it's his lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I don't think somebody like Gordy's planning for Bandera and running a methodical plan to get to Bandera, but somebody like that is just out in it it's It's what he eats, sleeps, and breathes, and so yeah. it's it's just a normal part of his life yeah and then there are guys that are uh I met a guy at Hell's Hills several years ago. I mean the guy sleeping in his truck and drinking whiskey to. He, you know, burns it down the night before, and then still smells like whiskey when he's running the next morning, and may have a rough first ten miles, but then's going to crush it at the end, and is just leaving people behind who had perfect running plans.
0: I like to talk to people on the race, as as they pass me, or as I pass them, check in with them. Mm-hmm. I think that's good sportsmanship out there.
1: Yeah, like, who was a uh, community? The Larry, the Zen guy. <laughs> from west uh, virginia the of running yeah
0: yeah bought his book yeah. uh he ended up passing me yeah beating me um he was about 65 70 years old but he had it figured out he wrote a book about it you know and he was he's light years ahead of me on just mental preparedness um your first time so if i'm going down there for the first time to run a 25k First of all, I'm scared to death because everybody's telling me, "Oh, there's mountains, there's rattlesnakes," Uh, but it's in January, so the snakes probably not a factor. Uh, But I've never done a trail run before, and I've never ran that far before. So, what should I expect my first time?
1: Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think, I think of this, it really is first timer. No matter the distance, it's like a David and Goliath type encounter, like we're not running a flat track like this mm-hmm. course is tough you're running the 25k it's one of the toughest 25ks in texas it is super not it's not big mountains like you just got back from colorado it's not you're not going over any 14, 14 000 foot peaks but some of the greatest runners in the world that i've seen race it have talked about just how unexpectedly rocky it is it is relentlessly rocky it's going to be testing your feet trying to stump toes break ankles throw you down from the minute you tow the starting line to the finish your feet are going to be completely beat up i've seen people finish with where they had to self-like bandage their hand from falling on sharp rocks and cutting it wide open we've seen lots of bloody people everything like the website says you know stings or cuts or bruises or attacks you it is super steep there's really technical sections and it's it could be seven degrees mm-hmm. or it could be i've seen it in the 80s it's you know w-
0: it's rough it, and there's like 500 foot peaks yeah there's but they feel like 14ers they yeah. do when you go up them so you told me a long time ago dude just walk walk uphill yeah. what are some tips all right you're telling me oh. the first time. You say, Sam, you
1: walk uphill, and you told me not to take long, giant steps. Yeah. So um, you think of it like riding a bike. So going up the hills, to, to speak to that, I think of if you're on a bike and you're in that low gear where you're pedaling pretty quick, but you're not covering a lot of ground. And really what you want to think of in general, if we're running efficient and we're trying to run distance, that's the way we're going to pedal all day, the cadence how fast I'm pedaling is gonna stay the same all day. So if I'm on a flat, I'm gonna be moving a little bit quicker, quick light steps. I'm moving good. If I'm going up, those steps are still gonna be the same speed. It's just a shorter stride length. And it's like we're going, and if you're going up the bleachers, instead of skipping steps, you're hitting every step. And you just wanna be really efficient and light so that you're not putting, you're not having to really super engage the glutes and do like deep squat, deep lunges on every step Mm -hmm. and then when we're going down we're going to have a wider stance and we're going to try to keep our our hips are going to be a little bit lower we're going to be keep our weight kind of over our heels but that way we have a quick light descent instead of just trying to take long slow ponderous steps down which where every step you're putting more weight and more force into the ankle or the knees and everything supporting you so basically just quick and light on your feet and uh, really the difference, one of the big differences between road running and trail running is just you got to watch your feet. you got to watch your steps. you got to pick up your feet. You know, on a road, it's flat. You're not having to worry about catching things. But you have to really think about stepping, like, when, same way when you're pedaling a bike, that one foot is cycling over the other foot. It's not just shuffling next to it. And on a trail, you really got you, you to pick up your feet and be cycling those feet high enough to clear the rocks and things that you, you have, have to, to dance or dance along dance. the trail. It's like Prince. You just have to yeah. really more like James Brown, like a Yes, it stepping a hot tub. Um and as far
0: as the there's rest air, there's rest stops out there. Yeah. How many are they ever 7 miles?
1: They're going to be about every 5 miles, and I don't have the mileage chart in front of me. It changes a little bit every year, but for everybody it will be about every 5 miles and those are going to be fully stocked, supported aid stations where folks have food and, and water, usually some sor- sort of sports electrolyte drink, um, different types of food. You're going to have sweet food, salty food. Sometimes they'll have hot food. Definitely if you're running the 100k and 50k distance, you'll get into some hot food and soups. If it's cold, there'll be soups, and usually quesadillas, PB&Js, fruit, soda, um, things of that nature, and and so that's, you know, that's another thing, talking about first-timers. This is, so I, I guess I w- I'd like to talk about that and kind of bring in how to apply the, the running plan with it. So here, here's the deal. If, let's say you're a Sam Dean and you're CrossFit in six days a week and you don't have, you know, a half hour to an hour every day to add on to your already hour of working out to try to get these mileages done, do your CrossFit. You have the long run. It's the long runs aren't scheduled. You know, you don't have to do a long run every weekend. If you just did every other weekend in the progression that we've laid out, which is about a mile to two mile increase per week is the way it's calculated until we get about 10 weeks out from the race. And then we're going to get kind of steady on those long runs and just focus on getting better at the long run. Those long runs, if we just do those, it gives us an opportunity to figure out what do I like to eat? What gear do I like to use? Um the things that I like if I'm doing an hour or two hour run are gonna be a little bit different than if I'm doing a four or six hour run. So if I'm doing if I go out to Tyler State Park, I'm doing a fifteen mile run, after about ten miles I might grab a granola and some water and I'll be good. I'm not gonna drink any electrolyte drinks, I'm not gonna need any real food. But if we're going four or six hours, like when we do the box to box, we're doing a 50 K we're going to be trying to fuel pretty consistently throughout the race or throughout the run because we're going to need that energy that we're storing up now later. And you don't really figure out how that works with your body until you go those distances. You don't want to wait till race day and you've only done CrossFit or you've only done short runs and then show up and not know out of the plethora of th- the plethora of things that Tejas trails is, gracious to provide what works for you. For instance, for me, for years, I could handle lots of sugar. So I would use the Goose or I would use the sports drinks that they have up there, PB&Js, all that stuff would be fine. And every once in a while, I would turn my stomach and I didn't know why, but thankfully, because of CrossFit, I've learned like no sugar. And so for me, I have to avoid sugar altogether. I have a few light sugary things I carry with a little bit of caffeine in them that I take just as I go. But generally from the aid stations, I'm only going to get salty food or protein, like a potato soup, um, maybe a little bit of fruit, but very little sugar and no sports drink. I only drink water or black coffee or unsweet tea or a beer, but I'm not going to (laughs) drink a sports drink because if I drink six ounces of a really good sports drink, it's going to turn my stomach i would not figure that out without running long runs or races so is as a beginner if you're looking at a running plan you're like i can't do all i'm i'm doing crossfit crossfit's great it's going to get you super fit spend a little bit of time on the long run and figure out and try it out take some gatorade if you think you want to try that or just take water and and some low sugar you know granola bars or something see if that works take a take a a ham sandwich and some water and Whataburger, see if that works for your long run and yeah. figure if, it out now. So a 5K, to me, is the same
0: time allotment as a CrossFit workout. Yeah. So that does, takes no preparation as right. far as food for me. But if I'm going over a 5K, in, in this case 25K, I'm going to stop. You know, So aid stations are roughly every 5K or 5 miles, which is a little longer than a 5K. I have to stop and get sustenance because I sweat so much mm-hmm. if I don't stop at everyone and eat something salty or eat something I'm gonna cramp right and that's no fun so I, I feel like a beginner if they've never experienced cramps mm-hmm. like they're gonna experience it if they try to say oh I'm not hungry or I'm not thirsty yeah. no you need to learn how to eat stuff yeah because your body's gonna be zapped Yep. and w- both times I finished the 25k I mean, I was toast at the end of it, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. Um, and you're going to be just as toast as however hard you push yourself to, to go, however fast you want to go. I don't recommend pushing your limits. Uh, you know, you can do that at the very end when you know how much you have left, but, you know, take it easy. Your first time out, try to finish and without being injured and without cramping. Uh yeah. Walking off cramps when you're trying to run, it's just, it's impossible. It's just, it sucks.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my first time, I mean, let's just go, this 2007 was my first Bandera. And I was 20, uh, 28. So I was a lot younger than I am now. And clueless. I'd been training around Athens, running road runs, doing some hill repeats, just... What I thought I needed to do. And uh, I could run eight minute miles running down the road. And so I had on shorter runs. And so I'd looked on the webpage and I could see that the guy that had won it the two previous years had in the 25K had ran eight minute miles. I'm like, well, hell, I can run eight minute miles. So mm-hmm. um, I ran one trail run, training run before Bandera and I ran it at Tyler State Park and had to. St- did one lap which is about nine and a quarter miles had to stop three or four times to stretch out my quads because they were seizing up on me mm-hmm. you know and that was literally the saturday before the race and still no no warning signs are going off for me i was clueless i didn't know and uh we get out there race day it's january it's like in the morning 65 muggy everything is sticky it's in the mud sticking to your feet we get out there, and I'm like, well, I'm getting up there with the leaders. And I made it with the leaders about a half a mile. And then had to go off in the bushes and just sit down on a rock and just try to get my heart rate down so I didn't, like, stroke out and just fall over dead. And then I finished, but I learned a lot that first time that it's running Bandera is nothing like even Tyler State Park. And running Tyler State Park is nothing like running on the road. And – uh. And so it's it's just a different thing if you try to go out fast, mm-hmm. your first time especially um it's gonna crush you we wanna we wanna try to run progressive we wanna start slow and then try to slow down even more and then, like you said, when you get to the end, then push it on our training runs. What we can think about doing is your your aid stations, whether it's three to seven miles either way, it's gonna be around an hour It's gonna be more than an hour for some of us mm-hmm. between aid stations. So while I'm training I can think, okay, if I'm doing a run that goes longer than an hour, then I need to plan on taking some food at that hour, you know? And just go ahead and get used to okay, if I'm I'm doing a two hour run today at the halfway point, I'm gonna get some food and try it out mm-hmm. and see how it goes. Turns your stomach, great, you'd better learn that rather learn that now. And you can then.
0: you can go out and back and get food and then go out and back again. Or yeah. you can like like you and I do sometimes stash a cooler. Mm-hmm somewhere behind a tree on the route and that way it you know you kind of you're happy to get to that point and you take a little break and you have some cold something to eat and something to drink yeah um you whenever you've raced you, you usually bring a foam roller mm-hmm. and what, what why do you use a foam roller i mean i know why but tell us why you use a foam roller at your aid stations
1: so that's a relatively new thing, the last three years, and honestly since CrossFit. So before I was doing CrossFit, I never did that, but I just by chance came across a picture of myself, uh, did I show you this, of running Bandera in 2013 before I started CrossFit, and uh, it is a really good testimony of why you should do CrossFit and not just <laughs> running <laughs> i mean i look really when i didn't i thought i was healthy oh but
0: this is i thought this was adam levine <laughs> yeah this no
1: that's that's me with no who is that no lifting um who am i talking to that's sophie i'm talking no you
0: oh. i mean it just doesn't look like you no that's not it's very skinny
1: very skinny uh wasn't doing really any Olympic lifting at all and no pull-ups or anything like that and so I felt fast and I was pretty fast then probably
0: doing some curls though
1: (laughs) maybe yeah biceps working on that working on that gun show um
0: you were only doing curls with dumbbells I was doing curls with dumbbells
1: and toe raises probably (laughs) I was probably doing some toe raises because you got to get that thing on this guy but it uh my back muscles weren't getting taxed that much And so I think with CrossFit, as we've really worked on developing the shoulders and the back and getting that posterior chain stout, which is, it's really important to engage the glutes to be a good runner. Like that's a challenge that pure runners have that they wish they were better at, that CrossFitters should pick up naturally, you know, but then because of that, those back muscles back there being more developed, I feel like I get, I have some tightness Left over from a week of doing pull-ups or cleans or whatever and so as it starts to build up and it's a six-hour drive down there yep and so some of that tension if you haven't worked it out by the time you get on the race course it might come back to haunt you if you have a foam roller or you can just lay down flat on the ground and kind of let your back kind of work itself out Um, one thing and that the general point there is that this isn't a 5k it's not a 100 meter dash So there's things that could come up that might seem scary in the moment. And then if you were just running a hundred meter dash would crush, you know, your race is over. If your ankle is a little tight, when you come out of the blocks, you're done. But in these longer runs, what you do is just figure out what the problem is, address it and move on. Um, And so with a foam roller, you can work out stuff at the aid station. Same way. If you start having trouble with your stomach and it's turned, quit eating try to get some soda maybe some salty crackers try to get it turned so that it's it's manageable again and then move forward um it's not you know these problems are inevitable and they're not going to end your race it's just going to give you another problem to solve and that's that's what the foam roller is for
0: um as far as when when you're training what stretches do you do before before the race Or before you were doing any of these training runs Mm -hmm. what kind of stretches do we need to do before we go out for five miles or or whatever
1: yeah that's a great question uh it it can vary i mean listen to your body um i'm usually pretty comfortable to just get out of the truck and run um and if you're running long enough where you can start slow and speed up as you go then that's and you feel good doing that that's fine you're you're not doing you're not sprinting you're not doing a big range of motion you don't have to do a lot of mobility work before you run um as long as you're okay with starting really slow and letting it come to you which is a good idea anyway right even even start slow start slow and then slow down some more um but if you have time to do some mobility um what i like to do leg swings are great squats are great um kind of bicycles with your back feet to get those those calves warmed up. I don't do, before I run, I don't do too many static stretches. I'll do things where I'm moving, but to me, leg swings, squats, jumping squats, arm rolls, those things are best. Something to start kind of warming up the range of motion for the run. And then if you do start slow, And you get a mile in and you can feel something tight, then, you know, stop, stretch. And once you're good and warm and you're sweating, that's a good time to do some static stretching. So then if I have some hamstring tightness, Mm -hmm. or for me, a lot of times my IT band, then I'll stop, stretch, do some uh, calf stretches, quad stretches, hamstring, Mm -hmm. and kind of work out those uh, tightness, that tightness through uh, static stretching. Okay. And then go on running some more.
0: Um. I'm I'm trying to train up for this Bandera thing. I buy some new shoes.
1: Uh running. What's the difference between running shoes and trail running shoes? Mm-hmm. So it varies, but the main thing I advise people to look for a true trail running shoe is going to they're all going to have some aggressive grip. Some shoe companies will just take a road shoe and throw some knobby looking grip on it and make it look like a trail shoe. Make it a uglier color and are like, okay, we got a trail shoe. The main thing I look for is it should have a, a rock plate, basically a protective uh, layer underneath the toe box that protects your feet from sharp rocks, which will be really important for Bandera. Um, I'll look for, for me, something with a little bit of cushion in the heel, but not such a big uh, overbuilt shoe that it feels you know, like I'm carrying dead weight. Uh, i'm wearing a pair of uh, new balance trail minimus right now they're great trail shoes they have really very little cushion but there's no toe protection so these would be great for like a gravel trail or a kind of a, a, a dirt trail but not for bandera for me because i feel like i need something to protect my feet from stone bruises and from rocks yeah. getting in between my toes
0: so if you wear a regular running shoes you're going to feel those rocks through your shoe mm-hmm. and it's on the bottom and it's going to wear your feet out
1: yeah and going downhill because it's so steep if you don't most uh most trail shoes you're going to have kind of a toe guard around the end of the shoe too around the toe the end of the toe box that kind of protects you from kicking rocks but also keeps your shoes from coming out the end of the i mean your toes from coming out the end of the shoe on yeah. really steep downhill so you want to look for something that looks like it was thoughtfully designed. There's some great, obviously Hoka, One One, they make the, uh, the Speed Goat. Uh, I think the Torin is another trail shoe they have. Um, I've ran Solomon, uh, Speed Cross have really good shoe. The Mission, I think they call it something else now, but Solomon has a great selection of trail shoes. Ultra is a, a really good trail shoe maker. Uh, the nike uh pegasus trail that you've ran you've been really happy with it
0: those are my go-to but every everybody has a shoe and everybody has four different models of trail shoes it's just whatever one works for you Mm -hmm. i i recommend something as important as this like try a couple of different ones Mm -hmm. and when you get your shoe and you go out and train on it if you start out on the first mile and something's uncomfortable the first mile Mm -hmm. you've got some problems yeah you have some real problems coming in the future. Um, you need to r- stop and relace. You need to figure out your sock situation. What's your sock situation, <laughs> by hmm. the way, bu- Because I- if you, if your socks are important too, because if if your feet are wet, if they're getting super wet, and you have a hot spot early, that could turn into be disastrous.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm picky about that kind of stuff. And yet I'm not in a way. So it, one thing to avoid is Gore-Tex. So you will see if you're shopping trail shoes, lots of makers will offer a Gore-Tex version. This is Texas. We're not running in snow unless we have snowpocalypse, but even then the key in Texas is breathability. Mm -hmm. So you're going to want a shoe that you know, your feet are going to get wet. If they don't get wet from actual water they're going to get wet from your sweat mm-hmm. so you want a shoe that's going to breathe and dry out as, as as good as it can same way with a sock like i like a thinner sock most of the time so if you and i went for a run we got done with this podcast i'd be wearing i have some uh what are, they're actually made by gold toe now but they're a power sock <laughs> They're cheap sock. But Gold it's Toe has been a power sock for a long time. <laughs> no. But they the key thing is I started wearing these socks before they were bought by Gold Toe, and they have Cool Max. So Cool Max just really breathes well and they're cheap, and I go through a bunch of them. Um, but I want something thin that's going to breathe well for hot summer short runs. If I'm running at Bandera and there's lots of little pebbles and there's lots of dust especially if it's and if it's even if it's wet you're going to pick up more so even though it'd be less dusty you're going to be picking up more pebbles and i'm wearing a shoe like we said earlier that's really breathable a lot of that stuff's going to make its way into the shoe if i'm not wearing gaiters, which is a whole nother subject altogether so on long races i like to wear a thicker sock features um i think they're features elite makes a really good sock um uh 2XU is a sock maker, compression sock maker I've worn. Something that basically allows me to forget about my feet. And that's what I like to do on the really long races and runs. I don't want to think about my feet. Um, for me, I ne- blisters are never an issue. Shoe fit is never an issue. So
0: Blisters also, everybody listening, your conditioning and your training up to this moment, up to the January race, Getting your feet conditioned for distance running is something you need to do prior. You don't, Bug doesn't get blisters because his feet are conditioned for running. Um, And he knows his gear, his shoes are, he's used to those shoes, et cetera. If you've never gone that far, you may be, run the risk of having some type of blister. In the event of of a blister on the trail, what are we doing?
1: Okay. This is something I have zero experience because I've never gotten a blister on the trail. I've gotten one hot spot mm-hmm. in one Bandera one year, and I took those socks off and just replaced them with a dry sock mm-hmm. that I was more comfortable with, and that and I, that problem went away. Um, but you at the aid stations, they're going to have blister kits, mm-hmm. and so the best thing, if you don't have first aid stuff with you, The best thing is, and that's just another side note about the aid stations, especially at a Tejas Trails event, is going to be stocked with experienced ultra runners that have seen this sort of thing before, that have probably experienced that problem before, know what they need to do to help you get it fixed, but then it is a race, so they're going to help you get it fixed, but they're going to get you on down the trail because it's not not an old folks home. We're not going there to stay. We're going there to get fixed and move on down the road. But usually, to treat a blister, you you don't want to usually pop it but you want to get something over it Uh, they'll have some trail toes which is a, a kind of like a goo that you can put on there and then put some bandage over it and then get your your shoe back on and maybe get dry socks if you're running the 100k and if you're running the 50k and care to take them out you could have a drop bag or you may have a crew member and if you're coming up with a grab bag of things that you want your crew to have besides the foam roller i would have them have an extra pair of socks and probably an extra pair of shoes a couple of years ago at Bandera, I switched shoes uh, at the 50K mark because I was feeling like I was having a fracture on my fifth metatarsal from my old shoes, so I switched to a new shoe, and it saved my race. I mean, my race got 100% better because um, I switched to the Speed Goats. Um, that's one thing you can do. Another thing that you need to do when we're, when we're talking about shoe types is, look, if you wear Pegasus, Nike Pegasus, which is a great classic road-running shoe, and Nikes fit you well, and every pair of Nikes you get is like, it's money, then you should probably try to get a Nike trail shoe. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's the, direct, the route you should go. Even if it's not a trail shoe, but it feels really good on trail runs, go for it. I mean, this whole thing, once again, is to get you to the starting line, ready to rock and roll. And it doesn't have to fit any predetermined map. So if those shoes work for you, I would stick with them. If they're a good fit, like you said, first mile you run in them everything still feels good that's what you can go with and usually it's a good it's a safe bet that if if nikes have always fit you well that the nike trail shoe is going to be mm-hmm. the one for you to go in now if the shoe that you're used to or you have no brand loyalty and nothing that you're you're stuck with political you know yeah you don't have Non-po- any poli- yeah, politics yeah, no politics in running <laughs> just like there's no crying in baseball um then there are some shoes that are built similar. So, for instance, Solomon is a pretty narrow shoe. It's going to feel more like an Asic or a New Balance regular width, whereas a Brooks is a wider shoe and even have wider options. And to me, a Brooks is going to be a wider toe box and is going to feel more like a Keen or an Ultra. Ultra is going to be a barefoot, neutral type shoe. It's going to feel like a barefoot shoe, almost like walking around in flip-flops as far as how wide the the shoe, the toe box is. So depending on how your feet feel with other shoes, you can find a shoe that shouldn't rub blisters. Mm -hmm. But even with a shoe that shouldn't, it could. And so then you just go in the aid station and that's, you know, first timer, that's a great strategy to have. Like you said, don't pass up that first aid station because you think you're not hungry or thirsty. Think of the race in terms of I'm not running a 25K or I'm not running a 50K. I'm running to the next aid station. Yes. I'm going to get there. I'm going to give high fives to all those people. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get some good food. You're going
0: to thank them for volunteering their yeah. time to help you. Yes,
1: absolutely. Thank the volunteers. Tell them how much you appreciate them. Tell a good joke. It better not be a dad joke either. Like It better everybody, it better bring down the house and then, then move on to the next aid station. And if you run like that with that mentality, you're going to have a great time, and you'll have enough time to figure out. Yeah what you need to fix. Because the worst thing is to get a mile past an aid station and be like, yeah. oh, I should have eaten something or I should yeah. have put did, dealt with this blister or whatever. Let's talk about the worst thing
0: besides that is when you have to poop or pee on the oh. trail. T- take me through that.
1: Well, you know, there's only t- my friend Josh Seifert who's ran a bunch of marathons and ran, been to Mandara a bunch of times bringing a bunch of kids down here, mm-hmm. state champion, probably greatest, greatest cross-country coach in Texas. hmm probably not listening to this but he uh (laughs) he says there's only two types of runners pukers and poopers and so you're doing one of those and they're all peers you're doing one of them if you don't pee in a maybe 25k but definitely 50k and 100k race yeah you're dehydrated so we should all encounter that if it goes beyond that the best thing i hear to do is to bring an extra mechanics glove yeah, and and just have that. It's something you should hopefully none of y'all. Have. There's going to be porta potties. There's some gravity toilets at Bandera specifically. There's porta potties and gravity toilets at different aid stations. Most of them have an opportunity to use the facilities. If you don't, then I would have to defer once again to a Boy Scout. I've never had to deal with that. I've always made it to an outhouse. Okay, well let me. So you, you can speak expert. to that.
0: So I w- that was me that used the mechanic glove uh, during the Spartan Ultra that we ran yeah. in Glen Rose. Uh, it was n- it was better than leaves, okay. And it it a mechanic's glove is it's not as good as toilet paper. So <laughs> what we need, uh, and we're gonna have you you need to have a vest, a Solomon. I, I have a Solomon vest. It has two water bottles on it that are refillable. So when I hit that aid station, I drink while I'm there, and I leave there with one. Full of uh, sports drink, uh, the noon or, or whatever they have that has salt in it, and the uh, and the other one is water, and I make sure I have that uh, when I leave. But uh, I have in a plastic Ziploc bag. I have some toilet paper. That you know, if it hits me and it may, and I'm nauseous because I have to poop, I'm gonna go out in the woods and and get it done. And I'm not gonna be a Jason Hop. I'm not gonna get lost. I'll make sure I get <laughs> get back. Jason Hoffman got lost at Bandera one time, I
1: think. Not pooping. Who (laughs) knows? Well, (laughs) we don't know. We don't know (laughs) if he was pooping or
0: not, but, I, you know, he's suspect. Anyway, you want to have a little toilet paper uh, if you need it. Now, etiquette. Dig a cat hole with your foot. Dig a hole. Hang on to a branch and squat deep, okay? Squat so deep that you're not going to poop in your shoe, okay, or your leg. But dig a hole, poop. If you use toilet paper, hopefully you have some. Put it in there with it, and then cover it up well. Nobody wants to be walking around Bandera and run into your poop, and you don't want to litter. So it needs to be it needs to be buried. So just do your best. If you have to poop, don't you know? Don't worry about that second place finish that you were gonna <laughs> probably not finish anyway. But just.
1: We take care of yourself.
0: Take care of yourself. Take care of the uh, the the park that we're going to yeah. be in. Don't don't just the worst. And we used to call this in the army in a training area the the worst form of human life is called a surface shitter, and that's somebody who just shits out on the surface and doesn't ch- doesn't try to bury it or anything. <laughs> so, and you 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 won't know what I'm talking about until you actually stepped in some human shit, and it, it's not it's not glamorous. Um, it it makes you mad. So, have have a little uh, toilet paper. And my next point, I, this is, this is not a Bug-Ferrell strategy, this is a Sam Dean strategy, <laughs> somebody who walks and their legs touch each other. Yes. If you're a CrossFitter and you have some leg muscles and you're short, your legs probably rub up e- against each other. And if you sweat and it dries, that sweat gets in there and starts a fire. So I always have, there's a small travel tub of Vaseline and I have that in my kit as well. So whenever I get that chafing going on between my legs, I don't care. I can have as many tights. I can have four sets of tights on, and it's still going to happen. So I can take two fingers and put it in that Vaseline and drive my hand and arm. It's not, it's not pretty. Down, the, down my pants in the front or the back, and I can put out that fire with that Vaseline and give me, you know, so then I'm like, and I'm like a new man. And trust me, if you never ran long distance, you start to get hot spots on more places than just your feet. Okay? So a the Vaseline's a lifesaver. I know there's other products, but I know Vaseline's been around for a long time.
1: Yeah, let's let's talk about the kit actually. You got me thinking about that. Okay. So and 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 all fairness, you know, to that end. So I don't carry Vaseline. Um but I, I at the first marathon I ever did they had I loved it. I, they had big boards with Vaseline just slathered on it. Mm -hmm. So you could just go by and get you two fingers full and keep moving. But I carry chapstick. Um, I should probably be sponsored by chapstick. Chapstick should sponsor this episode. Um, it's not the black one. It's the blue one, the blue and black one. It's not cherry flavored. It's moisturizer and it's SPF 15. And I use that obviously for chapped lips, but for chapped anything and uh, so probably don't ever borrow (laughs) my chapstick (laughs) chapstick. i have a way of getting off the layer that has touched my leg and before i touch my face with it again but i use it for sunblock on my nose i use it for chafing Um, it works really good and there's other products like you said Mm -hmm. but there's not a lot of products i'd want to carry with me and so there's some basic things that every runner should have with them on course the very first thing is a water bottle because it's a coupless race they're not going to have uh, you know, Brookshire's water bottles for you to grab at these aid stations and take with you. They're going to have big five-gallon jugs, and you've got to have something, to, a vessel to put it in. So you could have a hydration pack. Um, you could have a water bottle. You could just have a Brookshire's water bottle that you've dumped out, and now you're filling up with air water. That's totally fine, and they fit good in the bottle holders in most vests. Um, but you definitely need to have something to put it in. If you're running a 100K and it's cold, You might want to have a collapsible cup for soup if you want to take that with you after you leave the aid station. For hot food, they will have styrofoam cups or paper cups, but they will not let you leave the aid station with it. And while we're talking about that, one of my biggest pet peeves, besides somebody crapping on top of the ground or, you know, people that just piss right there on the trail. And like you couldn't go like five foot off the trail and do that. Um, is uh, is litter, like, fine. You only eat Snickers bars all day or goo packs or whatever. That's fine. Just make sure you pack out what you pack in.
0: Somebody's going to pick that up.
1: Yeah, somebody's going to. It's going to end up being me. I'm going to be stuffing it in my shorts and carrying it for 60 miles. And Instead, you just keep your trash with you, and I'll take care of yeah. my trash. But if you do see it, hey, that's another good opportunity to be a good human. If you see lit somebody else's litter, don't think it's somebody else's job. It's your job. Pick it up. It's your park. Um, this is a this is a state it's your natural state. area. Yeah, it's our it's, it's Texas. Texas, and this is a state natural area. This all belongs to us, so let's you know take good care of it. Um, but off that soapbox, you know, a, some sort of water bottle. Beyond that, it could vary depending on the conditions and depending on how long you're running. If I'm running the 25k, a water bottle may be all I have. Um, but beyond that, if if you want to be a little more prepared. Like Sam said, I always have a Ziploc, I'll have a pack, and it's either going to be like a small pack or a bigger, you know, like backpack pack, and I'm going to have a Ziploc bag, and I'm usually going to have wet wipes in there because they're good not only for bathroom emergencies, but also when you sweat enough and you deal with enough food all day because you're kind of eating and drinking all day, your hands and your face kind of get, it just gets crusty and nasty, and so it's nice to freshen up and have some wet wipes with you um alcohol free wet alcohol wipe. free alcohol free wet wipes yeah and uh you want to have those not like the sanitizer ones but the ones the dude wipes are great i like those they have mint flavored don't mm. eat them but mm. that's what they taste like um <laughs> wet wipes would be a good at basic first aid and just the form of like if you have a pack and you could put some band-aids or like a kt tape would be something really good to have with you something where you could deal with a blister if you weren't if you weren't at an aid station at the time If you're running the 100K race, definitely going to need a headlight. Mm -hmm. I would want to have a backup headlight and definitely have backup batteries. Um, If you don't have room or the carrying capacity or care to mess with an extra light, at least have extra batteries. And usually you can uh, bungee those together with like a rubber band or something to keep them from from getting into places they're not supposed to. Uh, Extra batteries, extra food. If you have food that you like that you know works for you and you want to carry a little bit of that so you're not wholly dependent on the aid station that's not a bad idea um you could have some of that with it being in january yep and it could be from 65 in the morning to five in the morning uh it's not a bad idea to have an extra layer and it doesn't have to be anything elaborate you might just have like a really thin layered shell or maybe we start in a long slate long sleeve shirt and then shuck that and go down to a two or a short sleeve shirt during the day, but keep that long sleeve shirt with you, mm-hmm. you know basic change of layer basic
0: once you start sweating, take it off,
1: yeah, yeah, basically, the rule of thumb on that too is what should I wear, Sam I'm a first time runner um what should I wear? How much is too much? I've seen people start bandera with a t shirt long sleeve shirt, and a rain jacket over that, and long pants. I think that's crazy um but Basically, my rule of thumb is if you can stand it while standing, you're good. Which means if you're getting ready to start the race, if you can stand there, not comfortable, but you can, you can physically do it, then that's probably what you want to run in. Because as soon as you get moving, your body yeah, temperature is going to get up. Um, but the reason it's good to have that extra layer, and I've had this, I've walked the last 20 miles of Bandera one year. Sam's first year, your first year of running. Uh, bandera i walked the last 20 miles and if you've been moving faster and your body temperature's up and then you slow down that body temperature drops you might need an extra layer to put on to kind of keep from going getting hypothermic and everything
0: i like to bring a pair of mechanics gloves for yeah for 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 pooping yeah mainly to keep my hands when my hands my fingers get cold yeah um and you know they're easy to just stash away if you don't if you don't want them anymore I seem to wear those for everything Uh, music on the trail uh, if you have an iPhone or an iPod or or, uh, hell I don't even know if they make an iPod anymore but Hmm. iPhone this is something I learned at Bandera if you stream music you're not going to be able to listen to any of the music you stream only Mm -hmm. the music that's downloaded to your phone yeah so get your playlist but make sure it's downloaded to your phone yes and then, you know, you can listen to your headphones or whatever, but, you know, it's not going to last the whole time. They're going to run out of batteries. I like to just play my music out of my phone out loud, mm-hmm. which people like to come listen to my jams, and, you know, they can go to hell if they don't like them. But most people are very complimentary. They like <laughs> to hear that out on the trail for a little while. And you know, I, I kind of DJ, you know, a little bit. What do you want to hear? You know, and because one year I ran and, I didn't download anything, but I had some stuff downloaded. Some of it was good, but most of it was uh, kids bop, like George's kids, <laughs> kids <laughs> bop songs, <laughs> which was ter- terrible. <laughs> and you know, like when you try to change a song on an iPhone and you're sweating on it and it's, you, the buttons don't work anymore. <laughs> so, you know, somebody would come by and I was looking, listening to kids bop, and um, it was embarrassing and <laughs> probably lost some cred. And anyway.
1: I, yeah. Download the songs. Download the songs. Same way, like, I, I like to use ROMWOD to do my mobility routine, and yeah. if you want to use those in Bandera, you probably better download it. Now, speaking of Uber Preparers, my nephew, Tate Taylor, is running Bandera 100K this year, and I think he's already been down there twice, and he was saying he had pretty good sale reception out there, but it's spotty at best. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, like Sam saying, download whatever you think you're going to need. Anything that you think you might need, once you're on the trail or out there, you need to prepare ahead of time. Um, even even if it's something you could grab at a store, there's stores in Bandera, but Bandera the town is about a 40-minute drive from where we're starting the race. Mm-hmm. So you want to have everything with you, especially if you're staying out there. And, you know, one of the cool things about trail running is a community, you may forget something. I had a guy show up one year um, at an aid station, same time I did, And it's starting to get dark and they asked him, would you have your headlight? And he he just looked at him and said, I thought y'all were going to give me one of those. (laughs) And so he didn't have one. Luckily, I had an extra one and extra batteries. And so we hooked him up and he, no, I had extra batteries. Somebody else had an extra light. And between the two of us, we hooked him up and he had what he needed. Somebody saved my race one year by having a water bottle because mine quit working and they loaned me theirs and, and I've had it ever since. Um so the community <laughs> thing is awesome. I you stole it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I haven't seen him again. The uh the community thing is awesome, but prepare as well as you can. And uh there was something I thought of, but When I wasn't you lost.
0: when you're listening to music, this is one of my strategies. Oh yeah. Music. Back to music, the most yeah. important thing. Yeah. Get lost in the song. Like Buck said, run to the next aid station, don't run the whole race. I'm when I'm listening to those songs, many songs I've heard a thousand times, but what are they trying to say like what's the story about and man (laughs) that takes my mind off everything I'm just sitting there listening to that and uh, you really appreciate sometimes when you're you're in that that zone you know running is one of those things like taking a shower mowing the grass or driving your car like you can really get into some deep thoughts and um, when you're by yourself that music sometimes helps you think about something else um, good or bad mainly good that that you don't need to be thinking about how bad you're suffering or or whatever the main thing about this race and any race for most people is having fun yeah if you're not having fun why the hell are you doing it yeah and no one cares no no one cares if you're first place no one cares if you're last place what we what we care about is, is. is the challenge, and are you having fun? Is it, is it okay to not finish it? Yes. Yes. I couldn't. Uh, we did a hundred mile race in West Virginia. I got forty three miles. My legs didn't work anymore, and I I was walking, and I was not having fun. I stopped. And it's okay. Um, safety is no. Yeah, I would rather your pr like get a pr walk run further than you ever have in your life anything past that is a cherry on top and if you if you pr if say say you've the furthest you've ever ran was a 5k 3.1 miles if you run 3.2 miles down in bandera and decide that's enough good that's enough for this year next year you can run 3.3 maybe finish the race who knows but Everybody comes from a different spot whether you're you got you're the guy that goes out there every year and wins first place you're the beginner. everybody starts just like CrossFit in a different spot, so don't compare yourself to anyone else and your preparation is only going to help is only going to help you, but make sure your preparation doesn't harm you that you're not doing too much leading up to this or you'll never make it to the start line so um these have all been good points what else do we have on your on your notes
1: on my notes yeah well real quick on the music and safety kind of mm-hmm. coming to coalesce in there i think thing to remember too is just if you have headphones in um have it where you can hear it either have one in cranked way up or have two in but down enough where you can hear people communicating yes um you know one of the trail etiquette things is if i'm coming up behind you on the trail And I'm moving at a faster pace. I might say something like "on your left" or "on your right." Usually, it's on your left. And so then, if you're coming up behind me and I hear "on my on your left," then I'm going to move over and let you go on and do your thing. That's just part of it. But if you have music cranked up too loud and you're too lost into what they were thinking when they wrote it, and you can't hear the "on your left," then you might be standing there. And then I'm going to say it louder and louder, and and then I'm going to throw rocks at you or something before you get out of my way. Uh, some of this trail is single track, and it's and it's really technical, and they can't get around you unless you make way. Um, but I, if you're running with Sam Dean, you don't need a podcast. He'll just sing the whole time, and it's <laughs> awesome and epic. <laughs> and, uh, and me, I just use my internal iPad yeah. or internal iPhone because I never know what it's going to play, and uh, it's always exciting. Mainly um, Moulin Rouge. So a I'm lot sure. of times Moulin Rouge, yeah. Sometimes Jerry Jeff – Uh, Sometimes George Jones, you know. We got into Jerry Um, Jeff one night. I ain't here for a long time. I'm just here for a good time. Um, George Strait. I mean, King George. But, uh, yeah, do whatever it takes. And everybody's different. Just like on that spectrum earlier about Mm -hmm. preparation, uh, you have some people that want to be totally in it and are tuned into their body and are paying attention to every bit. You have some people that want to space out completely and just not – for me, I, I kind of bounce back and forth. I like to know what's going on. I like to think about the adventure and what I'm doing. Sam's been with me, I, I might say, 15 million times. In one, you know, This is a great route. This is a great place because I, yeah. I'm in wonder of what I'm seeing. Part of the reason I love trail running is I just love going and seeing places. And so on the race, I'll try to focus less on what my body is feeling as far as miserable and all that and really focus on what I'm seeing and just the epic country. Hill Country State Natural Area is gorgeous. It's a 5,000-acre ranch back from the birth of Texas that has some old structures, and I'm into ranching-type stuff. And so seeing those old uh, corrals and old barns and feed troughs and just the epic vistas that you only get in the Texas Hill Country, um, I really just try to take all of it. So whatever it takes to get you through it. That's another reason to do the long runs is to figure out, are you a music person? Are you a senior? You know, what is your deal? What's going to work for you to help you get done? Um, On the notes, I mean, just like you just mentioned, Sam, just we don't want to overdo it. So there's going to be some people that can log 1,000 miles between now and Bandera. They're going to be doing, you know, if they're doing the 100K, 30-mile long runs like every other week. And they're going to feel great doing that their wife and their life and their job and their other training everything's just gonna just be some big beautiful rainbow of happiness and that's awesome some of us once we add just a couple miles extra a day it's going to stress us out and and create imbalance that we don't want so main thing is do what you got to do to get there if you can run all the miles great If you can't run all the miles, try to run all the days. You know, one of the main things I've felt over the years when I feel like I've under-trained hasn't been necessarily that I haven't ran enough volume. You know, running 100K races, as long as I can run 20 miles on a training run, I feel good. Like, that's fine. I don't need to run a 50-mile training run to be ready for a 60-mile race. Um, But I have felt before, like, I just don't feel like an everyday runner. Like, I don't like to lace up for a race and it feel foreign or it feel different, like I have to somehow get ready. I should already be ready. And so if you could just run a little bit every day, this week I have an injury kind of going on with my knee that I'm managing, so I'm running a mile a day, and I'm in no hurry at all. So one thing is you could reduce the miles. You could definitely reduce the pace. Right now, if if you're on the trajectory that we're using, pace should not factor in at all. You should be going however slow you have to go when you're running, for it to feel good and easy and effortless. Um, So you could reduce the mileage. You could definitely reduce the effort. We want to go with completely effortless right now, even if that means walking or a mixture of walking and running. That's totally fine. But then if you're doing some serious cross training, if you're doing CrossFit four to six days a week, then you probably, most people probably don't have time to run five, six days a week. So back off on those days. Run on the days that make sense to you. And that work with your life, and I would err on doing less right now. Do less than what you think you can do. And if it all works and you feel like doing more, then add some more. But start with less. And if you're going to hold on to one thing, just hold on to the long run. And those aren't every week. The long runs are stationed throughout there. So basically, right now, if you're doing the 100k, I can't remember the mileages for the other distances, but there's a long run distance from five to 14 miles, I think, depending on what distance you're racing. You should feel comfortable to do that run if you did it this weekend. Not to be great at it, but just to finish it. And then you don't run anymore. In two weeks, you decide to do another long run. You look at what that – and you're like, okay, now I'm supposed to do a 16-mile. Okay, let's see if that feels that's – that's kind of your benchmark, to use CrossFit terminology. That's your benchmark to let you know where you are. And you don't have to panic if you do. If you go out to run sixteen and you only get fourteen in, and it wasn't great. you're like, okay, I guess I need to do something a little different, you know. And it may not even be more running. It may be better sleep, better eating, better recovery. Um, maybe dial back a little bit of. If you're a grown up, dialing back a little bit of effort on that Friday before that Saturday on your Friday wad before your Saturday run. You know, that's not. There's nothing criminal in that. Um, you can basically apply the same logic that you've used in all your other training to this do enough so that you feel like doing more when you're done you're not trying to kill yourself on everywhere every every run is not an open workout you know and you just need to do what you need to do so that you can be healthy in training if you do too much you're going to get injured you're not going to be training and you're not going to be ready and you're not going to be happy and you're not going to be having fun Um, so dial it back and then if, if it all fits great, then add a little bit if you want to, but you don't have to run six days a week and do CrossFit six days a week and do mobilities. You know, you can't do all these things all the time. I mean, it's just, it's a lot. I'm the only
0: one that gets paid to work out. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Professional (laughs) athlete, Sam Dean.
0: (laughs) I have time No, Um, yeah, I got lots going on. I'm going to stick to – I'm a CrossFitter. I CrossFit every day. It's what I do for a living. I love it. I'm not going to change that. I'm going to do what I do. I'm going to hit long runs on the weekends. You mentioned something earlier. If you do the wad then maybe credit yourself two and a half yeah. miles.
1: Yeah. so – and I've done this lots of times. So, if – let's say I have um, – I'm going to run this way. i run – a bunch of days let's say i get 10 miles in running but then let's say i did four crossfit workouts well i'm just kind of for me okay i guess to back up for me my basic workout like if i'm the most basic workout is a two and a half mile run more than a mile less than three miles so if i'm healthy and i just want to do a basic run for me that's about a 20 minute run if i'm running eight minute miles so just a basic workout crossfit run of the mill if it's our average workout you know 10 to 20 minutes so if you have time to do those crossfit workouts but you don't have time to run those give yourself credit if i did crossfit i just call it two and a half miles even though i might have been a might have been fran we might have done i don't know if you're Sam, you're doing like a two and a half minute fran if you're (laughs) me you're doing like a 10 minute fran but I'm going to call that two and a half miles. Mm-hmm. And then today my goal was to run four miles. So I did two and a half on friend. So now I'm just going to go out and run a mile and a half. And I've got my total activity goal yeah. for the day. And that's another way to make it work. You've got to make it work for you. A,
0: if we have a hellish hero wad.
1: I still call it two and a half miles. Two and a half. Even yeah. if it's an yeah. hour long. Yep, okay. I just call it two and a half. Well, that's or, fair. But that's, that's that system. Yeah. Now, in, rea- in reality, we do Murph today. I'm done. Like, whatever I needed to do, I did. And it was in that format, which is way different than ultra. But it's the same way our friend Bryant out at uh, West Virginia, he's done a lot of through hikes. Through hikes for days upon days upon days, totally different from ultra running. Just Mm -hmm. like ultra running is totally different from Murph. But through hikes, what you do in an ultra run, you just compact that effort in a shorter time frame you're going to be absolutely miserable in Murph if you go full on and perform one of those type of CrossFit workouts for that amount of time. You're going to find – there's going to be that moment where you find that dark side. If you do friend right, like you do it, you're going to find that dark side and get in that pain cave. It's the same thing you're doing when you run Bandera. It's just over a different time period. So anything – another way, you could scrap all the running plans – Everything I've said about mileage progression and all of that, one of my methodologies for preparing for Bandera is just what can I do to make myself miserable? What can I do to beat myself up? Because Bandera is going to beat you up. It's going to test you and it's going to hurt you. So anything you can do to beat yourself up and make yourself tougher and make your body ready is getting ready for Bandera. And so getting stung by wasp, getting stung by wasp, weed eating in a hundred and five <laughs> degree temperature, like <laughs> you know walking to work <laughs> um whatever you gotta do to get you there, and really, at the end of the day, we're real people. I'm gonna be a good husband and a good dad and a good friend, and if I do that, all the rest of it's gonna take care of itself the challenge, the things like this bandera bound training challenge crossfit benchmarks prs all that stuff's great but what it is is just reminders of who i am and what i'm trying to do as long as i'm taking care of the people in my life and i live by the values that i have i'm going to get some runs in i'm going to get some training in everything's going to be okay and i would err on that side i would rather get to crossfit or sorry get to bandera Mm -hmm. a little under-trained with a really happy family one of the feelings i remember coming back from my first 100k and to a miserable house because all i'd been doing was training yeah and i crushed it and i hadn't what a medal, a buckle at what, which is great and but at what cost? yeah at what cost and i remember another time where i was a little more under trained i remember i got four nights in a row of eight hours of sleep i was under trained but i was really well rested and my girls, when I came back, had made this great big banner that showed me like running across Bandera because they didn't get to go with me that year, and they were so happy to see me and like that's that's a win, and I still got the buckle, but I had people that were happy that this was a part of my life instead of people that resent my training because I've been loving my running more than I'm loving them, yeah, and so I think we just don't need to get too worked up about we need to be doing it do the work however it fits in your life and prepare however it fits in your life but keep things in perspective don't let this is a really epic race it's really awesome it's really cool that we have 40 something people going and it's going to be awesome and it is david versus goliath but keep it in its place and just as they would say in uganda and polo and polo just a little bit at a time we're going to get there um the only other thing about all that that i would be remiss if i didn't mention is that i am running more right now than i've ever ran before and i have discovered that my body responds well to running so i like running a lot of volume and i'm really lucky in that i do have a family that puts up with me doing it and i'm Don't get paid to work out. But a lot of days I have time for both workouts. Mm -hmm. So I'm probably going to put in most of this volume and do most of my other training. But I've got, since 2000, so, you know, 15 years of figuring out what works for me. I've been running Bandera for 15 years, and I've figured out this works for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do a whole bunch of it, and I love it. That's different than I'm a first-timer, and this is what the plan says, so I better do it or else. That's Mm -hmm. not the situation we want anybody in. We want everybody to just have fun and and do life, and the rest of this will take care of itself. It's a weekend.
0: We're going to Bandera, Texas. Cowboy cowboy capital of the world. Yeah.
1: Arky Blues.
0: Arky Silver Dollar Saloon. Mm -hmm. Arky Blues. The same place. It's got – down the stairs, down a flight of stairs, like Robert Earl Keene said, and feeling good again. He talks about this bar. You walk in there, and there's a there's a bandstand or a stage on the right. There's a uh, dance floor, big fireplace, big fireplace. And they've got Lone Star in the bottle there. They've got a Dolly Parton yes, uh, pinball machine, and Hank Williams carved his name in the wood of the bar. You got to go there. We're going to be going there and uh, just to check it out and have a couple beers. And then across the street is the OST, Old Spanish Trail Cafe and chicken fried steaks are to be had uh, if you if you like those. Yeah. So I'm excited and uh, what else, Bug?
1: You know, don't sweat it or apply, apply artistically. Um, I think we'll probably have some more of these between now and then just to cover more, uh, any questions you have about training, but especially things like what yeah. are things I should have. I think some of the things, Sam, you brought up as far as what we should carry with us for first time. so many things I take for granted yeah. that I don't even think about because it's just in my kit. I just grab and go um, that we could probably unpack. So, if, if any of the listeners have any questions mm-hmm. um, to help them prepare, I mean, shoot them at yeah. Sam. Let us know, and we'll try to cover it on here sometime between now and then.
0: And we're going to be going for runs and stuff. I prefer to run with somebody else, especially when we're training. So if you want to run with me or Boog or Rachel or Ashley or any of these nice people, be- let's get together. Let's get yeah. together and go for a run with one or two other people. The conversation's cool. Just run comfortable where you can still talk. You know, like that's – when you're, when we're talking about starting slow, you need to be able to talk. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like let's just – let's chit-chat and let's – Let's go jog some, you know. That's <laughs> that's pretty much what it is on these trail runs. It's t- it's a jog. And we hit a hill, we're gonna walk up it. Yeah, buddy. And uh that makes it a little more fun to me. Um anyway.
1: I think I mean it's so funny. I'm laughing thinking about it. if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. You know, yeah. just like yeah. <laughs> we've always said up here I mean, if if this is too much like if if you're if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. What's the distance this weekend
0: on the on the 100k can we see what that is yeah
1: let me look i think we're supposed to be for the 100k we're doing um i think we're supposed to be doing 50k i mean uh, <laughs> i'm out <laughs> i'm driving <it>. no, 14 <laughs> 14 miles i mean and that's yeah. the thing i'm kind of struggling with too just for disclosure is uh i'm training my first race is in the first week of november and it's 100 miles so yeah. my mileage should be a little different than everybody's mileage that's training for bandera because i've got to ramp up to 100 miles um in the next couple months so we know. got
0: we well, yeah, i need to do 14 miles this weekend
1: 15 it looks like we're on 15 this weekend
0: <laughs> 15 all right so and if you're the 50k it's uh so i need to run from 10. The, from the I need to run from this gym to my house yeah. this weekend. Yeah. So, no, no big deal. No bigs. So anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, I'm sorry if you're not a runner and you listen to this one, but hope you got some good insights. We'll do another one. Uh, hit us up for anything. Keep uh, doing CrossFit, et cetera. And uh, we'll see you later. Thank you, Boog.
1: Thanks, Sam.